Jenny Green. Weekdays from 3 on 2FM. The sound of the nation. It is Monday. And that means sports and time to check in with our dedicated Djokovic reporter, Gavin Cooney of the 42. Gav, I saw the plane take off from Melbourne. Um, Does that mean the drama is finally, finally over? Uh, Like all good Djokovic reporters, Jenny, you have to keep a safe two metre distance from him at all (laughs) times. Uh, The drama, this particular saga is over. Novak Djokovic has, has officially left Australia. The Australian Open has started in his absence and he's back in Serbia having been deported from the country almost, uh, what is it? We're coming up on two weeks after he announced in that Instagram post that he got a medical exemption and he was off to compete. Um, The immigration minister, Alex Hawke, ruled the Djokovic's presence and his visibility in the country was a risk to public health based on the fact that it may foster anti-vax sentiment, his lawyers argued otherwise. But the lawyers sided with the Australian government and he's gone. He hopped. He got in a plane and he's left. Uh, quite the mess after him. But even like, when I, even when I saw the start. second time when they're like, right, it's definitely he's cancelled the second one now. I still thought he's going to appeal this and he's still going to be playing tennis. But um, so when they finally said no, he's leaving, and I watched the footage, I was like, okay, he's actually getting on the plane. I think it's. I think it's done. <laughs> no, it, it is definitely done. But for this time only, because this is going to kick off again, Jen. Like, because uh, in in relation to Australia, the revoking of the visa carries with it an automatic three-year ban on coming back to Australia again. So we're going to... Unless you're playing tennis, apparently, in which case it doesn't count. <laughs> well, this is it. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has left the door open regarding waiving that punishment. So we're going to have this again next year. And we're not even going to have next. We're we're not even going to have to wait till next January because now, like the, there's no doubt as to whether Djokovic he needs one more Grand Slam to become the most successful male tennis player in those competitions ever. And now it's in doubt because he refuses to get vaccinated for coronavirus. He's likely to be barred from the French Open, which is the next Grand Slam in May, because they've tightened uh, their rules on uh, on vaccine mandates. Things are pretty strict at the US Open as well, so he might not make there. We don't know what will happen with Wimbledon. So this is going to run and run, which I have to say, uh, under my title as official Novak Djokovic reporter, I have no problem with. It's good news for you. It's good news all round. Um, now- all news is good news. <laughs> yeah. Now, elsewhere at the Africa Cup of Nations, one referee seemed eager to beat the traffic and get home. Tell us about this. Jani Sikwase uh, blew the full-time whistle early in the AFCON meeting with Tunisia and Mali. Not once, but twice. That is a man That is a man eager to get off the pitch and beat the traffic pretty early. He caused bewilderment and furious protest from Tunisian players because they were 1-0 down to Mali last week when he blew for full-time in the 86th minute. There was ructions among the players. They convinced him to resume that he'd made a mistake. And then he blew it up again uh, on 89 minutes and 47 seconds with Mali still leading 1-0. Yeah, he didn't play any injury time in the fact that despite the fact that in the second half there were two penalties, uh, both of which were reviewed on VAR, which took an age. There was one red card, there was five substitutions, and there was a drinks break. Uh, so we think that maybe Gianni Sequaze forgot, um, forgot to pose his watch or something mm. uh, along the lines or something like that. But there were frantic negotiations then followed in the stadium. And then the tournament organisers tried to restart the match um, again 40 minutes after it had ended to play out the to play out the injury time. But Tunisia then refused to go onto the pitch because they said their players uh, had cooled down after the game and weren't ready to play. They had, apparently, by the way, spent 35 minutes in ice baths, which I don't know about that. I don't know how anyone could spend 35 minutes 35 in an minutes. ice bath. 
it seems a little bit too much. But yeah, absolutely kind of farcical scenes really and really overshadowed the tournament. Um, overshadowed the tournament thus far. And it's actually it's actually not all that's been overshadowing the tournament because um, I know you kind of you mentioned this earlier on, but there was there's chaos at the tournament later that day because ahead of the meeting between Mauritania and Gambia, uh, the, ga- the tournament is on in Cameroon, by the way, between Mauritania and Gambia, uh, the wrong anthem uh, was played for the Mauritanian players, not once, not twice, <laughs> th- three times. This was it. This was said anthem. This was the actual, I think this, was this the one they were meant to be playing? No, I'm not sure, actually, I have to say, because I didn't hear the correct But you know what I will tell you, Gavin? It says on my screen, Mauritanian National Anthem, so I'm guessing that that's the one they should have played, I would say. Well, well, I mean, uh, keep talking like that, Jen, and they're going to fly you out to Cameroon, because I think there's a job you could do out there. (laughs) Uh, They played an old version of the anthem uh, twice, (laughs) twice. Then the worst part of this was then the stadium announcer got on the tannoy to say, uh, "Okay, well, there's a problem here, but the Mauritania players... Could you just kind of go ahead and sing anyway without uh, without any backing track? Uh, which they kind of were like, will we? You could see the uh, players and especially the captain shake their heads in disbelief. <laughs> disgust. And then when they were about to do that, the anthem struck up from the tannoy and it was the wrong one again. Uh, so then it, was, uh, it was abandoned. The Gambian anthem, by the way, played without any pro- without any trouble. It was just the Mauritanian one. Good to know. Um, now, in France, a cup game had to be moved from for a truly strange reason. I'm kind of, I can't get my head around it, uh, around this. So uh, Le, uh, this was a report in the French press last week uh, in the outlet Le, Le Parisien. Um, it reported that the fourth tier side FC Versailles uh, will be made to play their French Cup game against Toulouse away from home, despite the fact that they were initially drawn at home. And the problem is due to a lighting issue within their ground. Right. So you'd imagine, oh, what's the problem? Do they not have any lights? Are the lights not bright enough to play a game? The problem is that the lights are actually too good and they're too bright because the ground doesn't have a license to play games under floodlights because it's really close to the Versailles Palace. And there is a rule going back hundreds of years uh, which says that there, there is no, li- no light source is allowed to be visible from the king's room in the Palace of Versailles <laughs> within, a, within a five kilometer radius. So that includes the ground. So, I mean, there is no king anymore, never mind king's room. Yet, this centuries-old rule is still in place. They're not allowed to play the game at night. Uh, they tried to have it moved to the afternoon time. The French authorities said no. So now they have to go away from home and make a difficult uh, cup game even more difficult. But, like, Versailles are beginning to climb up through, through the uh, French football ladder. Like, they're in the fourth tier now. If they continue to... To continue to climb, like I mean, they're going to have to start playing games at night. Uh, so this centuries-old rule will have to be changed. But yeah, one of the like I do come across some very strange stories. Uh, in That's my, up there in my work for this program. <laughs> that is right up there. It's going to be a hard one to beat. Um, but finally, some very interesting news for fans of F1 Drive to Survive. Tell us more. This is uh, this is the rule in TV and movies now. If something works. Just keep doing it and over and over again. So F1 Drive to Survive is going to be mimicked uh, in two different sports. So golf and tennis is getting the same treatment, flying the wall, behind the scenes, by the same producers. So the golf edition, <laughs> I'm really not sure how interested I'll be in the golf one. It's got some of the biggest names in the PGA Tour in it, like Jordan Spieth and Sergio Garcia and Bubba Watson. It doesn't have Rory McIlroy or Shane Lowry or Tiger Woods or Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Koepka. Um, and I also, I'm not massively interested in, go- in golf banter, I have to say. 
But that's going to be uh, going behind the ropes at the biggest events of 2022. Is there such a thing as golf banter? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm afraid there is. Okay. Uh, there's a reason you don't hear it broadcast on the radio very often because it's unbelievably dull. Uh, but <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly men slacking other men about their golf game. I reckon the is... tennis one's going to be good though. If it's if it is it being was it filmed over in Australia yet? <laughs> Correct, Jenny. They began filming for oh, the Australian wow. Open this year. So I hope they brought the cameras out a couple of weeks early and, you know, dropped them at the airport for a little while. Uh, but yeah, the the, uh, the tennis one is now filming and it's beginning of the Australian Open. So we might have some uh, might have some Djokovic coverage there. So someone else elbowing in on my territory is Novak Djokovic correspondent. Well, sign me up for that one. I will look forward to it. Um, Gavin Cooney, a pleasure as always. And uh, have a great week. And I'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Paul. Looking forward to it. Here we go. Jenny Green, weekdays from three on 2FM. The sound of the nation.